It's episode 19 of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Carly Brazier. This ain't gonna be easy. Welcome to episode 19. I had a great time talking to Carls about all sorts of things, including how she got into improv in the first place, the group in which she plays a part, swipe, write, and her experiences of improv and clowning in New York. Carly Brazier, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. (laughs) How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Um, Yep, really excited to be talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) I'm delighted that you're here. Um, Where does your improv story, or maybe your performing story start? My performing story... So I, I started improv uh, three years ago with the Hoopla Beginners course with the amazing Steve Rowe. Um, but going back a bit further than that to maybe like five years ago, I thought I wanted to do something. I knew there was a thing I was looking to do. I don't really, didn't really know what it was. And I thought it might have been stand-up because I really, really enjoyed watching stand-up and the whole process behind it and how people just did this thing where they, they wrote stuff and got up and made people laugh. Um, and I used to joke around with my friends, like, when I'm a famous stand-up, like, I'm so going to do this. Um, and I think it was about five years ago, I was uh, just speaking to a colleague at work about, oh, I've got no plans for the weekend. I really want to do something, something that's a bit different. And she mentioned the City Academy and how they do, like, taster sessions of the longer courses that they do. And they just so happen to be an acting taster session. And I used to really, really love drama at school. Um, It was, like, the only creative thing I did at school. I didn't do, like, art or music. Everything else was, you know, um, pure mathematics and science and um, business studies and things like that. But I love drama. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm well up for that. And it was at the Unicorn Theatre... Um, and thinking back now to what it involved, it, it just seems really tame compared <laughs> to the kind of warm-ups and drills and scenes we do in improv. But it, it definitely involved a game of uh, Simon Says. And afterwards the teacher was like, what is this teach us? It's about doing something wrong is fine. And, you know, making eye, eye comes, just connecting with other people and... Um, I was like, yeah, that, that really is the kind of thing I want to do. But it wasn't uh, 18 months or maybe getting on for two years later that I, I'm not really sure how to explain the gap between that taster session and starting the Hoopla Improv <laughs> Beginners um, class came about. Um, yeah, so I didn't end up doing a full course with City Academy, it was Hoopla. And I did that first lesson with Steve Rowe and a load of other amazing people who I'm still friends with today. Uh, one of them being Sarah Donald of um, Norman. Yes. Um, and, Friend uh, of the show. And, and, and stand-up uh, lady in her own right. Um, so, yeah, 2013 ended up being three free Hoopla courses. So the beginners, the performance, and I think it was called narrative long-form. 
So three eight-week courses across that year. Absolutely loved every minute of it, um, including like going to the pub afterwards, which I think I did every single time. <laughs> um, and that's what, that's what, you know, as if I didn't enjoy that first three-hour lesson enough, Steve concluded it with, and uh, we generally go to the pub after these things. So and I was like, yes, this is, this is such my thing. It's, this isn't a case of like, oh, four weeks in, we might kind of see we like each other and might tentatively say, oh, should we go to the pub? It's like, this is part of it, guys. It's like, yeah, this is, I found my people. <laughs> How do you find the energy to go to the pub after doing an improv class? Oh, because the adrenaline's already there. Right, yeah, it yeah, needs yeah. to just carry on. Yeah. It's, you, you either want to... You just want to stay with those people yeah. and talk about what you've just done or not. Talk about something completely different. Just see what happens. Um, yeah, because the chances of leaving you know, the nursery or whatever at 10 and going home and going to sleep are slim, so you might as well just stay out. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds very wise. Wise words. Who knew I could do that? <laughs> so, can you remember what the experience of doing the um, the first performance was? Was that at the end of the performance? Yeah, so that was the end of the performance course. So it would have been something like a Ju- July. I, I remember it being super, super hot at the Miller, and obviously that room upstairs at the Miller can get really super hot. So there was some red faces all round. <laughs> we were so very, very nervous. Yeah. Really, really nervous. Yeah. Um, but Steve sort of saw us through it with his um, kind of uh, managing the short-form games or kind of editing um, all of that. And it's, yeah, doing that first time up on the stage thing. And the really great thing was there was actually two. It wasn't an end-of-course showcase. It was... It was one, the first one on the Wednesday, and I think the second one the Wednesday after, because Steve knew how the first one is just... You, you're just getting used to that whole, I'm doing a show tonight, I'm getting up on the stage. Oh, how does that feel? Oh, actually, I really liked it. And then you come out thinking you want to do it again. So Steve designed it so you did get to do it again, like, a week after, which was amazing. That was a really, really great way of, of setting that up. Um, yeah, really fun times. Really, really enjoyed that. Cool. So once you've done the three courses of mm-hmm. Hoopla, how, well, actually, how did you discover Hoopla in the first how place? How did I discover Hoopla? I think um, it was... Yeah, I kind of thought that the City Academy was the only thing out there that did that kind of... Well, not the only thing, just the only thing I knew of in my mind. So I was keeping an eye on their courses, and then kind of went from the acting interest to improv through going to see the comedy store players uh, right. at um, Leicester Square on a Wednesday evening. And it, I, it, that was a kind of another moment of, I thought I loved stand-up, but this is, this is Josie Lawrence, and I can't remember who else is on that night, making stuff up. <laughs> this is like, this is my thing. This is how my mind works. <laughs> um, and I want to do more of it. So... Yeah, I was probably looking up more improv stuff and right. then and then Hoopla came up and I thought, yeah, that's the one. I think I signed up about six weeks before it started. Oh, really? So I was, yeah, like super excited by the time it came around. And it was always interesting to think about how far, um, you know, one has come because 
I remember the first, like I also started at Hoopla, which I think is a great place to start. But, um, you know, I remember being really nervous about just turning up to the first class um, and then being really nervous about doing the first show on the um, Hoopla performance course. Yep. So it's, it's kind of refreshing to realise how far you've yeah. come. It's good to look back and reflect on yeah yeah what we was doing on stage then and yeah you know jams um, afterwards yeah but I think after those three courses I then what did I do I need to make sure I'm getting my gears right <laughs> I believe I then sort of stuck with hoopla like oh I've done those what else can I do and and hoopla run the the stand up course with Max Dickens. So. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and realise very quickly that it is so different from improv. It requires work. Oh, no. And thinking. Oh, dear. And practising. Oh, no. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where improv is all the fun, you know, no preparation needed, just turn up, have fun reflect on afterwards how amazing it was. <laughs> uh, the stand-up is more... Yeah, you, you need like a notebook and a pen yeah. and you need to think and you need to, you know, take a, uh, an idea and expand that or, you know, if, if that's true, then what else is true? And that's how jokes or funny things are made up. Um, <laughs> so that I think that was an eight-week course as well. Um, Really enjoyable, great, great people. Um, but the, the sense of, I'm really working at this, so clearly I was learning something, was there. Um, and then the showcase, a Friday night at the Miller in May. <laughs> um, I think I was second out of maybe eight or nine of us. I was uh, not the last one, the one before. And it was definitely... It was one of the best nights of my life. Really? Yeah, it wow. was amazing. Yeah. The way, so we took like the best couple of minutes we did from each week. So like our, our top, top material. Yeah. Max helped us sort of weave it all together and refine it. And then obviously you rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it. Um, and wow, yeah, the nerves then. I've never been more nervous for going on stage because it was, it's just you. Yeah. You know, my experience at the Miller had been all of my teammates who I'd come to like completely love playing with and then it was I'm gonna stand there with a microphone facing the audience like I can't even pretend they're not there the whole idea is to address them with stuff I've made up and hope there's a good reaction um but there really was and it felt yeah. amazing when people laugh at something or respond in any positive way um that that that's amazing but I kind of come I did that and I come away and thought I've got an insight into how stand-up is works and how you can form material and refine it and what it's like to perform it. But it's like this has also uh, completely cemented in my mind that I am an improviser. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was your what was your stand-up style? My style was um, probably a bit. Uh, uh, a word I've got in my head is vulnerable. That might be to going too far. I think I, I did a bit... To, my opening bit was a bit kind of getting the audience on my side. Like, I spoke a bit about how nervous I was. Um, and then, what did I talk about? Uh, how people behave on public transport. 
um, and how much I love sleep. Ah, right, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so you and so you got that material just by just being noticing what you really yeah, liked. Yeah, just just um, yeah. You, everyone has thoughts every day, of course they do. But coming up with the, the material or just noting interesting things, it, it's just you're actively registering what you're noticing. Yes. As uh, oh, I really love this, or that really annoys me, or isn't this interesting? It's a matter of oh, I, I thought that, let's note that down and then explore that a bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of... And then they say, um, <clears throat> I'm really interested in the process. Um, and inter- I, part of me thinks I would quite like to do a stand-up course, mm-hmm. although Stephen, Stephen Davidson uh, did say that I shouldn't. <laughs> 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 and to be honest, I'd probably, taken, <laughs> I'd probably take that advice. <laughs> Someone that's so universally positive about everything else. When he goes no, you think, oh yeah, you've probably got a point there. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> bless so, him. Bless him, indeed. <laughs> so were you tempted to carry on with the stand-up after that? or? Um, no, I then got really busy. I went to uh, Nairobi with work for three weeks, um, as you do, and then... <laughs> <laughs> And what was the improv scene out? Like, the improv scene out there was uh, yeah. none. Um, <laughs> you should have set a poopla Nairobi. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of went away a bit. I went to Nairobi and I went to Glasgow for the Commonwealth Games and I had a holiday and things. And combined with all of that, I was really uh, crazily busy at work. Like, yeah, took over, took over in many ways. Um, and also had my sister's wedding coming up in September 2014, so it was that was occupying my mind. Um, so from the stand-up showcase in May 2014 to September 2014, there was nothing um, because of weddings and work and trips and things. But as you know, Stuart, <laughs> September 2014 marks the beginning of <laughs> the nursery musical improv 12 week course with Jules Mum. Yay! <laughs> and you can tell. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and Stephen Davidson and Fran and Jonah and people that uh, I just had no idea I was in a room with such amazing people. Um, it was, yeah, it was a kind of, okay, sister's wedding's done with. Maybe I'll do some improv. And then I did it and thought, why? Why would I go so long without doing it? It's my thing and I need it. And it, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm back. I love this. I love this so much. Um, a musical improv, like, wow, what a treat. It's, yeah. I'd seen it and been blown away. Uh, like music box, showstoppers. But to learn, you know, like it's like being a member of the magic circle. Is that the right? Yes. Magic circle. Yes, magic yeah. circle where they learn the magic secrets. Yes. Yeah, it was like yeah. learning the musical improv secrets. It was like, this is how you do a scene and go into a song. Um, I think that was week four or something. Obviously, it takes a while to build up to being able to do that, but that was just the best time. And obviously, lots of pub activity as well. <laughs> um, and the showcase at the Rag Factory, yes. um, <laughs> which you recorded. Yes, I did. I bootlegged my own gig. Got, got I think I have a copy and yeah, I might listen to it. See, I didn't. I was, uh, I only listened, so when I did my stand-up showcase set, a friend recorded it and I only watched it 
uh, a bit before Christmas. Yeah. It's kind of I needed that amount of time to go past before, <laughs> um, before I could deal with it. Yeah, I'm slightly obsessed with recording things, mm-hmm. mainly in audio. Um, because, well, first of all, it's, it's really easy to do and it's not too intrusive. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I haven't listened to that for a long time, but, you know, it's still been nice to think. Mm. I don't know, because I'm, I'm torn, because on the one hand, one of the beauty of improv is that it is in the moment. But on the other hand, sometimes I like to try and capture those moments. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I think sometimes, yeah, the things you see, in it, the things you do in an improv class or see in an improv class or see on stage, it, yeah, you think, wow, that's... The beauty of improv is this show has never been performed before, performed before and won't be again. But then that's also a crying shame. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this is magical stuff. And it doesn't get forgotten, but yeah, it's not captured in some ways. And also, it's interesting to compare your experience as a performer and as a member of the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, without getting too you too about it because I think they do this uh, <laughs> filming all their performances and then spending ages yeah. <laughs> afterwards sort of watching it to see how they can get better at doing what they're doing um, oh goodness me <laughs> well, just, just because you know the way in which time dilates so when you're on stage it seems like you've been up there for ages yeah. and then actually it's only yeah. been 10 seconds or something yeah. like that so that can be useful and reassuring yeah, if, yeah going down that route is not for everyone. <laughs> no. I wouldn't be keen on it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, after the uh, musical uh, improv course with the nursery, what happened next? What happened next? Um, I then, last year, did more with the nursery. Uh, mainly uh, the Wednesday evening drop-ins and Saturday afternoon drop-ins, uh, rather than any sort of set course um, and that was super fun uh, kind of a mixture of jewels and Chris Mead um, and met uh, some yeah it's, it's weird to think that I only met like Mark Johnson and uh, Rosie Ferguson last year yeah. you know like less than a year ago at these droppings and you know Rosie's a great friend now and um, yeah that was a really really fun time kind of Summer doing improv drop-ins of jewels at nursery. <laughs> How cool are we? Just, you know, just sort of sitting, sitting there. Yeah, ah, ah, love it. <laughs> there wasn't a word then. It had to just be some noises. Ah, ah. And a hand gesture that only I could see. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, yeah that, that that kind of excitement I would take to the classes and. Um, I remember one of them, Jules, uh, ordering me to keep my feet still as I was performing a scene with, I think it was Christelle, didn't even know I was moving my feet. Yeah. So he said it, and I'm like, oh, okay, sure, carry on with the scene. It turns out I was still moving my feet. I had no idea. And it got to the point where he then asked, um, turns out to be Ben, who was in the class, uh, being told to hold my feet down. <laughs> because I was incapable of keeping still. <laughs> yeah, I, but I didn't know I was doing it. It's like I was thinking very much probably about my voice and the top bit, but my, yes. my excitement was just coming out <laughs> in like some kind of Irish dance. 
Which is fine if you're intending to do an Irish dance, yeah. but if... Uh, it doesn't work for every scene. doesn't though. work for every scene. <laughs> bit exhausting. <laughs> that Carly, oh, she's great, but she was always doing the Irish dance, <laughs> yeah. regardless of yeah. the appropriateness. No, I've, I've, had a, I've had a similar thing, although um, Jules never got anyone to hold my feet down, so uh. I feel... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what conclusion to make. <laughs> um, but you've... Um, uh, so, following this, you're now part of an improv group. Yay, I tell am. Tell us about I will Swipe tell you right. about the Swipe Right, indeed. So, yes, so, uh, going back to uh, Rosie again and those kind of like Wednesday night drop-ins, it's just a group of us that really, um, really like sort of love playing with each other and wanting to be in a group. But I knew I was going to New York for three months before Christmas. So this was maybe like July time and it sort of wasn't worth pursuing at that point. But while I was away, Rosie formed Swipe Right with uh, Katie, Ben and Robin. So the four of them got it all started and had some coaching sessions with um, Katie and Jules and Jonah, and then I got back from New York and joined them from the start of this year. So we've been rehearsing on Tuesdays, and uh, oh my goodness, it's Tuesday, I should be there. No. Um, <laughs> There's no. still time. Have you got a rehearsal tonight? No. Oh, okay, no. just checking. No, I'm joking. We've <laughs> have... only got nine minutes to make it to the nursery. <laughs> we better get running. We, I'm not sure why we're not doing it tonight. Some, I guess a couple of us can't make it. But it's sort of like a week off, um, a week off. So, yeah. Um, yes, and we had our first show uh, a couple of weeks ago um, as part of uh, the Holodeck Night, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Project 2 run at the Miller, which yes. is fantastic to have that opportunity for kind of sort of a jam, new, new group sort of night. And that was really good. And what was really good was we knew it was happening... I think we knew that show was happening before Christmas. So the, all of the rehearsals meant something. It wasn't this kind of, oh, we're a new group, we'll think about our first show at some point. It was, you know, everything mattered. It was building up to this show in February. Um, yeah, and great coaching from Jules. And it made me realise I probably should have joined a group or formed a group or auditioned for a group a long time ago because I'd kind of just been doing improv for fun. <laughs> that's, that's the idea, of course. Right. Yeah, the, just watching it being performed and learning it is, is great in itself. Yes. You know, I could do that forever. But if you are learning something, you kind of come to the realisation that you should put it to practice. Yes. You know, put it to the test and then you'll only learn more because if, if you know it's, it's to build up to your next show or when you're next participating in a jam... Um, then it just means a bit more. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there's something, it, it, it closes the circle to an extent, you know, because I love a workshop, you know, I love classes, and they are amazing. And mm. if, if I never performed, I would still want to yeah. do those. But the, then there is something about going on stage in front of an audience and, you know, under the lights and you've got the adrenaline going and you're with, you know, people you trust, hopefully. Um, and just, I don't know, it, it's, it kind of hones what you've learned in the class. Yeah. And it's just another way of, I think they feed, it, feed each other. Yeah, definitely. It consolidates everything that 
yeah, like you're putting it to the test, essentially. You know, in, in any other discipline or interest, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't... Oh, putting myself on the spot now to go come up in an analogy. This is what... You wouldn't I, go I, to a photography I, class and learn the theory or... No, this doesn't translate, but you see what I mean. You wouldn't... You, you'd learn the thing to then go and execute the thing. You wouldn't learn how to make pizza without going to work at Domino's. Uh, yes, that's... That's the analogy I was looking for. Almost. Yeah. Analogies are hard. They are. Wow. <laughs> so, I think the point, I hope the point has been made. <laughs> um, no, but I remember saying to Jules, uh, like, probably the first or second time I joined Swipe Right for the coaching with him, on one of the breaks, I said, I feel like I'm learning improv all over again. Oh. Like, even, like, the basic principles of... Yeah. Like, yes, and, and yeah. um, if you're unstuck, just kind of repeat the last line of your scene partner and yeah. add a little bit. Kind of, it just shifts your focus. You're not just doing it for the laugh at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's, this is going to translate into performing for an audience. Yes. And that makes it different. So, not only are you adding a layer to it by performing, mm. you're also adding a layer by being in a specific group yes. and working with them. Yes, definitely, because I've done, done a fair few jams, um, and they are... Terrifying. Yeah, they're kind of... They are a good way of newbies to get stage time, <laughs> but you kind of have to be really good to be good at them, because yes. the tendency is to be quite... to kind of bring your A-game and be like, I need to jump up on this stage and say the funniest thing I've ever said. Like, you don't... By their nature, jams don't really allow for... Or maybe they do, this is what I'm saying. You need to be really good to, to have this happen in, you know, not, a, not an established group. Um, yeah, so I've come away from quite a few jams thinking that just felt really frantic. Yes. I don't like what I said. I don't yes. like what I did. Yes. Um, or I don't remember what I did. I'm blocking it all out of my mind. Yes. Um, yeah, but being in an established group, you know, with the people that, you know, you, you're used to looking into their eyes. You're yes. used to being on stage with them. You know how to bring out the best in them because of, you know what they enjoy doing or yes. you, know, you know where they will meet you. Um, in a certain way, um, like Katie and I tend to, <laughs> got like a sort of accent thing. I think we just, we bring out, um, before I got back from New York, <laughs> apparently Jules had said to Rose, uh, Jules had said to Katie, Carly will, when Carly joins this team, she will um, give permission to your weird <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what does that mean? And then I realised what it means. Um, what does it mean? I can be quite random. I can be like the silly voices, the, the kind of weird comments or observations. Um, yeah, so Katie and I have done some really fun scenes with, uh, you know, like the only way is Essex accents or... or just sort of bordering on the more bizarre end of things. So what draws <laughs> you towards the bizarre? Uh, it's an anagram of my surname, Stuart. Ah, nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's I just like in it. my nature. <laughs> Both in your name and in your nature. 
That is my stage name. Carly Bizarre. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, what is it that you, you bring to the team in particular? What's your role in the team? And you just explained that it's bringing the strange. Yeah, I think I'm quite high energy. Uh, yeah, I think so. We're all kind of, I would say we're all sort of at the same level in terms of experience and abilities and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, if you put Swipe Right on a sensible spectrum, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be at the high end. But I don't know if any of us would. Yeah, no, this is, this, no, this is another interesting thing about being in a group. It's, you see, you, you get to experience the admin side of it you know we've got our whatsapp group and it's um working out rehearsals and working out coaches and where we're going to be in our next show and an opportunity might come up for a show but we're kind of like coordinating diaries so we've got this um google calendar and robin is amazing at taking notes um so he he puts them on an app which i've failed to put my head around but <laughs> Evernote? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that I would be so. a good place to put them. Probably is. <laughs> so, yeah, my <laughs> probably completely different to how I'm at work in terms of, you know, um, being quite regimented around process and recording things and having evidence and all of that. Um, Improv is just, oh, there's no rules, you just go and have fun. Um, <laughs> but that's, if, if you're in a group, there needs to be some order. <laughs> yes, and it's interesting, yes, as you say, um, you know, when you join a group, you suddenly realise that, oh, there needs to be all this sort of herding of mm. improvisers, yeah. and, 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 and that's quite mm. hard, because they all yeah. love to just turn up and do something, but actually trying to get them to agree to that's a it. rehearsal or something like that. Yeah. Because there's someone that's always late. Um, Let's not say. Uh, <laughs> there's been some late. That's all I'm going to say. No, <laughs> I have been one of those people. Um, but no, I totally agree. Um, and we've genuinely always had a coach there. But there was, but maybe a month or so ago, we didn't. Um, and we had a room at the Theatre Delhi, so we were just organising ourselves. And I think we did a really good job of it. It was actually quite. Um, Focused, we're like, okay, what do we want to work on here? We want to work on, I think it was um, space, like space work, um, facts, like establishing the facts of a scene and characters. Um, and then we're like, okay, what warm ups would feed into that? And, you know, oh, how many run throughs are we going to do? And yeah. we were sort of making notes of the scenes because we, we, we're doing Armando. Armando or Armando? How do you say it, Stuart? Armando, I would go with. Armando. Armando. Oh. I haven't said it out loud enough times. I'm just getting used oh. to saying it. I'd go with Armando. Armando. The thing is just to commit. Mm, to go that's in true. And then, you know. <laughs> if, if we are pronouncing Armando wrong, do, uh, do, uh, do, do tweet write in. Uh, at do, to write in on a uh, postcard or a uh, stuck-down self-addressed envelope. Uh, How do you pronounce Armando. Armando. Please write it down phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very helpful. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, uh, what what is the Armando? For? Well, we do it in its um, most basic, 
nonsense. I thought you just said most advanced. Most yes, advanced. Yes, we do it in the um, Bix Pentameter, uh, in Latin, <laughs> backwards. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, we do it in that we get a word, in, word inspiration from the audience, and then one of us uh, volunteers ourselves to do a monologue based on how that word might have inspired us. And how do you negotiate that? Does someone it's quite organic. It's yeah. kind of, yeah. It's someone steps forward and that's the assistant that's doing it. Yes, yeah. essentially. Um, I, I guess the monologue lasts about two minutes and we've done some work on how to kind of do a good monologue. Well, not a good monologue, but how to keep it going. What makes a good monologue? Yeah, kind of phrases that will keep you going. Like, And, and that made me realise that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Or makes me think of a time when... Yeah. Yeah. So you just talk about and around something, sum it up in some way, and then the scenes are inspired. So, yeah, I'm really interested in what makes a good monologue. Oh. So, yeah, so, yeah, I said the word good and thought, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Useful? Is useful a better word than good? Yeah, just... just have things in there that are can be drawn on but at the same time don't worry too much about um sort of doing a monologue yourself you might think oh this isn't funny or interesting or it doesn't have you know big characters or a scene that can be looked into because the the one person that's doing the monologue the remaining four of us are taking our own things from it that won't be uh, completely obvious to the monologist. Nice. How do you pronounce monologist uh, <laughs> <Right listeners? in. laughs> Monologist? That's an amazing word. You just made that up. Is that no, I didn't make it up. Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to use that, monologist. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, and I think there's something to be said for not being too interesting and not being too funny during the monologue because actually... You don't exhaust an you idea. You don't want to burn through this stuff that yeah, yeah. other people could then But do. then what I've also found really interesting is how to use that monologue. Um, because I was actually, had a few concerns about feeling too hemmed in by it. Yeah. Um, and restricted. But um, what you can do is not take it so literally. Um, you might just take the idea of a person who... Uh, I don't know, can't say no, or a person who likes to be organised, or maybe just the location, or a certain word, or thre- a phrase. Oh, right. You're just, you're just taking um, maybe like the essence of it, or uh, a cu- the tone even, the way someone might have delivered, delivered, the, uh, delivered it. But then you kind of risk, we've had a chat as a group about how the sort of audience satisfaction of being able to make the connections. Because if it goes from word to monologue to scenes that don't seem to have any bearing on the word, not that that is a mark of good improv, that an an audience member sits there and says, oh, I can entirely see how they were inspired by the audience suggestion. (laughs) You know, that's not what we we aim to do, necessarily. Um, So, yeah, maybe there's a... a, mm, Potentially, we could try to get that balance right. Yeah. Of some things being quite um, just one or two steps removed yes. from the monologue and others being, let's just kind of see where it goes. That's really interesting, the, um, 
Yes, trying to strike a balance because if someone, you know, if you had the phrase egg, mm. you don't want to have ten scenes where someone's frying an egg or boiling an egg or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but equally, you want the audience to know that you have listened and you have used it as inspiration. And yeah, where you fall yeah. between the two extremes, that's really interesting. Yeah, um, but I know from watching improv, you know, there's the audience suggestion and then, yeah, I can't necessarily see any connection between uh, what happens in the show, but, you know, it's just something you register for, like, all of half a second. Yeah. And, you know, a good show is a good show. You don't mean... Yes, if you you you've been entertained by the scenes, yeah. I'd much rather have entertaining scenes than scenes that I go, oh, yes, I haven't really enjoyed this scene, but I can really see how it related to the first suggestion. Yeah. I mean, I'm dreadful because I tend to forget what the audience suggestion was instantly mm. uh, if I'm in the audience or indeed performing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's get a word for... Uh, uh, you know, one word suggestion, and uh, it's just gone. Really? <laughs> I have to struggle yeah, that, to that's keep another it thing, isn't it? Another big improv skill is listening. Yes. Active listening, listening in a certain way. And if, you, if taking a theme or making the connection, yeah. Yes. Um, or if you're if you're organising the call out, just repeating it to everybody. Mm. That's a really powerful thing I've learned. It's been yes. very useful. So when you're doing the monologue, I suppose, is it possible to think in ways of if I say this sort of thing, it's going to help my teammates? Or are you so busy kind of just thinking of what the story is? I don't know. Yeah. How much conscious thought can you do into like, yeah, I'm going to mention this because that's going to be useful for them? No, I don't. In the same way, you wouldn't do that in a scene necessarily. I don't think yeah. you'd have that conscious kind of thinking ahead to how it's then going to be used. Because like I say, you don't know what your, team, your teammates are taking no, from it, and no. that's, that's the beauty, essentially. Um, but just being um, kind of genuine, and I think something... Uh, I can't remember where I heard it. I think the monologue should be... Uh, <laughs> you should end up revealing... A bit more than you would have liked, yes. but not to the point where you can't show your face. <laughs> <laughs> so you might give a little insight oh, into. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, your your stance on something or a story you've never told anyone, or. So it could be a story about something that's happened to you, or it could be just something you think or something you feel. Well, uh, what is the what is it they say monologues could be about? Um, is it? Her, like historical, uh, philosophical, philosophical and metaphor. Yes, I've heard those words, but I haven't heard them used in um, connection with the monologue. Yeah, so that's one way of looking oh, at it. I mean, or it could be as basic as in rehearsal last week. The the suggestion was scrambled eggs, and I went into a monologue about how I make. Darn fine scrambled eggs. I will. I will really? you know, yes, really? it was my whole you, you process that, of how I go about doing it. You're prepared yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. You, can, you know, any anyone else that's good at scrambled eggs, <laughs> you can have a scramble off. I'll have a scramble off any day. <laughs> I'd like to be the judge at the scramble off. Okay. Okay. If, if that happens. Yeah. But, so uh, I didn't. I didn't go too historical on that one. It was just <laughs> scrambled eggs. I make really good scrambled eggs. I want to tell you guys how I make them. <laughs> that was it. 
What's the secret to good scrambled eggs? Uh, this more than one, Stuart. Yeah. It takes two minutes, as I learned last week, to explain my uh, <laughs> scrambled egg routine. But just one tip. One tip. I'll give you one little yeah, tip. One little tip. Take them out of the fridge way before you want to use them. Ah, interesting. Mm. I don't even put eggs in the fridge. Well, you're one step ahead of <laughs> most people, though. <laughs> Are you supposed to put eggs in the fridge? I don't know. Now you mention it. <laughs> Because I know they have those indentations. I'm doing a little yeah, hand, hand the, gesture. The, the, yeah, egg the egg things. bracket. Are they called the, egg brackets? Um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just going to take that. It's like, oh, they're called egg brackets. Brilliant. I'll tell you they're Again, I should have committed. Yeah, I should have committed. Yes, the, uh, the egg brackets. Yes, yeah, the egg brackets. But I just, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I'm not that busy, but just the idea of <laughs> taking them out of the egg box. I'm not that busy, right? <laughs> but I don't really have time to take the eggs out of the egg box, put them in the egg brackets. Now I know what they're called. <laughs> and it's like, well, they're in the door, and I'm worried if I'm opening yeah. closing the fridge door, they're going to fall out. Oh, what a way to live. <laughs> what a way to live. <laughs> On the edge. Anytime I open or shut my fridge door... <laughs> an egg might break. An egg might break. I can't cope with that. I mean, I just... It's messy. I just... There's no way to live your life. Yeah, each to their own. I mean, I'm not judging any of our listeners who do like to use the egg brackets. What do you call... Uh, <laughs> the egg brackets. Please write in and <laughs> tell us what you call your egg brackets. <laughs> uh, do you indeed store them in the fridge? I'd love and, to know. And how's it, how's it changed your life? Mm. Um, that's because uh, I feel we're, le- we're, we're laughing and learning. Shall I talk about New York? Yeah, I was just thinking about New York. <laughs> That'd be good. New York. Yes, so I went to New York. How was that? It was amazing. Did um, you go to Niada? Where? <laughs> Niada? Yes. <laughs> Do you watch Glee? I've seen some of it. <laughs> because they go to New York. <laughs> and they go to Niada, which is... Right. Um, it stands for... Um, New York New York Academy of Dance and Arts. Yes, I'm going to say yes. But I thought it was a real place. Dance. Oh, <laughs> In fact, if you do a search for Niada on Google, it says, is Niada a real school or does it only exist on Glee? <laughs> it's New York, York Academy of, of the Dramatic, Dramatic Arts. Arts. Yeah. So I presumed that it was a real place, so I dropped it into conversation. Uh, once again with Stephen... And uh, he laughed in my face. <laughs> Which, uh, to be honest, when he explained why he was laughing in my face, I thought, oh, that's not real then. I just feel I don't know much about the uh, performing arts world, so what I learn on Glee, I just presume to be true yeah. until I find out otherwise. Uh, <laughs> so you, oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go to the fictional New York no. Academy of the Dramatic Arts? No, I didn't go to Niada. <laughs> The fact it is does not exist. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I went to New York for work, but was obviously super excited because of, the in, the in, as Amy Poehler would say, improvisation. See? Um, <laughs> ah, yeah, making noises again now. Just to <laughs> express my love of improv. Um, I was busy with work, so I didn't get to go and see any for probably about four weeks. I then took to UCB uh, Chelsea, the main one, and oh, it was actually a sketch night. Oh. So it was, it was still great, yes. obviously. But I thought, oh, I'm going to the UCB. I'm going to see some <laughs> improvisation. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't. It was sketch, and it was 
didn't have that magic of something being created oh, no. right in front of my eyes. Oh, no. Um, but I went back again. That was, that, <laughs> of course, about three or four times. I also went to um, the People's Improv Theatre, the Pit, and the Magnet Theatre, and UCB East Village. Um, and in terms of learning out there, I only went to one weekend workshop. Tell me which about was, that. Um, Clown skills for the improviser. Whoa. Yeah. Clowns, clowning, as I seem to say most weeks, really frightens me. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have chosen to do it. It was just, I had a weekend coming up and I was like, I want to do some improv. Oh, that one's on. I'll do that then. Yes. And then I felt, yeah, really scared and nervous. And yeah. Ah, so that was, yeah, that was something else. Um, the first morning or like the majority of the first day was um, really different from essentially what we did. What, as, I, as I remember it, we kind of said hello to each other and then it was okay. One by one, you each want to come in the room and try to make the audience, i.e. the rest of us sitting down, like happy or laugh in some oh, way. Yes, and it was yes. just try something out. Look at the reaction. If it's not good, try something else. But show your kind of disappointment that it's not working because you're there to service the audience and just make them happy. Yes. So the combination of being up on my own, no dialogue, and the physicality of it, three things I would never choose to do. This was the first thing you did? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Um, there might have been something in between, yeah, but not much. it was early on. Yeah. And one girl, she kept doing things and then, you know, seeing we weren't really reacting. And then the teacher said, how do you think this is going? And as she started saying, oh, not well, and, you know, she, 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 could, uh, she was very open about the fact that it wasn't going well. She then started crying. But then when I come to do mine, I could totally see why. I felt completely the same. Yeah. Like, this is so, this is quite brutal. Yeah. This is, you, you feel really vulnerable and things aren't working and you're racking your brains for how to make the audience happy. Um, not what I was used to with improv at all, um, but a really good sort of way of, of challenging myself, I guess, and doing something that's a bit different. And then as it went on, it felt much more related to the improv that I'm, that I'm right. used to. Yeah. But some sort of interesting ways of starting scenes and... So that was great. That was a really good experience. Yes, <laughs> finally, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose once you've done that exercise, then I don't know, does it make other things less frightening? Because you think, well, at least I'm not doing that thing where I'm trying to make the audience happy and I'm not allowed to use any words. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of went without saying. He didn't say not to speak, but I think we all uh, presumed we shouldn't. Right. So I'm not really sure if we could have done or not. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Right. Um, right. Big finish. Mm. Big finish. I think we've covered everything. Have we covered everything? Yes. We've covered everything. Okay, so, so let me just check my notes. New York stand up swipe right. Yay. Um, okay, so big, big finish. We love improv. Yay. <laughs> it's brilliant. What would you like to see more of oh. in the improv London scene? So not, not what you don't like, but, you know, what do you love and what would you like to see more of? Mm. What would I like to see more of? 
Ah, I love what's happening at the Edric. Yeah, those... I haven't actually got managed to get down there very much, but I see on Facebook, you know, all the different groups that are, are performing and everything, and they're amazing nights. I would like to see more non-improvisers enjoy imp improv shows. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, you sit at the Miller on a Saturday night, and I honestly feel like I'm doing... I'm experiencing the most fun thing that is happening in the whole of London. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, why don't more people know about this? Um, but then I also don't want them to know. <laughs> Imagine if the Miller like, sold out <laughs> in advance. What would we do? <laughs> oh, really mixed feelings. Um, and just for, just for it to be more well-known... I don't know, I don't know about you, I don't, I'm, I still haven't mastered, like when I'm at work or, I don't know, talking to a family member or something about what I do, I never know how to succinctly explain it. Yes. And I try different angles and it, I, ne I feel like I never do it justice. So if it became more well known and people were familiar with it um, and didn't just think it was stand up. Yes. Or only like the sort of short form nature of what people might be familiar with from whose line. And yeah, it. Um, Do you need a leaflet? It starts. Thank you for your interest in my hobby. Yeah. Improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> Started with. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a, something like that might work. Uh, take, take, if you have any questions. Yes. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if they have any questions, you can point them in the direction of this podcast. And then they can listen and they can find out the answers. None the wiser. No, um, I, I kind of, I've, I've been uh, kind of going for the, I make stuff up. Oh, yeah, I just joined a new department, actually, and I mentioned to my new manager that um, she said something about, oh, what would you do at the weekend? And I said, been, I, said I did an improvisation workshop. And she said, oh, you're an actress? <laughs> and I said, I act without a script. Ooh. And then I thought, oh... That made me sound like a bit of a... <laughs> yeah, I'm very aware of how I'm coming across, <laughs> just in general, because I'm new to the team. But I think they like me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and are you more likeable because of the improv you do? I, I like to think so. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Improv, yay! Improv, yay! <laughs> Thank you very much. I made this. Back's improv. <laughs> <laughs>